Welcome to the Gospel Center Pro-Life Podcast. In this episode, we're going to look at the subject of birth control from a biblical and from a pro-life perspective. This is a very controversial but important subject, so stay tuned. I felt your passion, touched your heart. Welcome to the Gospel Centered Pro Life Podcast. We appreciate you guys listening. And as always, we appreciate you guys sharing this podcast. We hope it, it is an encouragement to you guys, but also we want it to be an encouragement to other people. Um, the goal is to equip people and uh, to help people think through from a biblical perspective, from a gospel centered perspective, a lot of the issues that have to do with um, pro life stuff. Mm-hmm. With a main focus on sidewalk counseling, because that's what we do, sidewalk outreach, ministering to men and women at the local abortion centers. That's our heart. That's what God has called us to. And that's what we want to equip you guys to do. And that's what these podcasts are centered around, even though not every time we cover a subject does it have to do with sidewalks. Uh, the reality is, though, the conversation probably started on the sidewalks as you and I are out there. Right. And, uh, you know, we have conversations with each other and we have conversations with our other Counselors that are out there, things come up. They might have a question about that. Hey, can you guys do a podcast? Or we think, right. oh, man, let's right. do a podcast about that. Yeah, because a lot of our topics are the the desire to remain consistent yeah. in in what we think, say, and believe. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So we um we put subjects out there that we think will equip people and answer questions that we see come up oftentimes. And I know we did a, a couple of weeks ago a podcast about how to deal with people who are coming to the abortion center, mainly Planned Parenthood, mm-hmm. uh, who well, other abortion centers too, who do other things um, other than abortion. The abortion center here on Latrobe Drive, they only do abortions. Right. So we deal with people that are here for an abortion or have had an abortion. But there's other people that come to like Planned Parenthood and stuff who are coming for, I mean, we, we talked about some of those things. Some are coming for like uh, conversion Therapy, mm-hmm. to, is it, is right? That, is that the right term? Or hormone, hormone therapy, therapy for yeah. for trans transitioning, yeah. into a different uh, gender. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. there are people that come for various things at Planned Parenthood, mm-hmm. um, and some of those people that we encounter at the Planned Parenthood come for birth control. And one of the questions that we have a lot from people is: is should Christians be using birth control? Right. And I think I think we have to say right off. Um, from the start that, you know, we're not medical experts mm-hmm. and uh, there is some controversy around this. It's right. not like it's a settled thing. For some people, it's a settled thing. Like mm-hmm. they've got it figured out. Christians should not use birth control at all. Mm-hmm. Um, some people would say who have it, they think have it figured out, would say Christians are OK using birth control. So I think we have to acknowledge that, that there mm-hmm. is this tension and there's still some questions, and we're going to talk about certain things, again, with the focus on equipping you guys at the abortion centers. And, you know, certainly uh, I think any subject that we approach when we're talking about human life, we have to approach very carefully, very thoughtfully, and, of course, very biblically. So Absolutely. that's kind of the the angle we're going to be coming from as right. it uh, pertains to, to birth control. So we've got, like we often do, an article that mm-hmm. – Wonderful Vicky wrote here, and there's certain premises that we're going to be talking about. We're just kind of going through these certain premises, and 
We're going to talk around those uh, biblically and then um, practically. And the first premise here is that human life is sacred. And I, and I don't yeah. think that's going to be an argument for any of our people that are listening. Right. Human life is sacred, has a sacred value above and beyond animal life and, and all of that. Right. Human beings are made in the image of God. Genesis one twenty seven. God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him male and female. He created them. Human beings are made in God's image. Yeah. And that, though, has to be the foundation when we're talking about birth control, right. when we're talking about bringing new lives into this world, when we're talking about abortion. Of course, if if human life was just like animal life, then this debate would be null and void, right? Why are we even having this conversation? Why do we stand mm-hmm. in front of abortion centers? I mean, certainly it's wrong to abuse animals, but... We, we eat them, right? Mm-hmm. We eat them for, for dinner, right? They didn't in the Garden of Eden until the fall. Correct. Yeah, which is that, kind that, of sad. I wish I'd been back to that time because I like animals. But, I like them too. Yeah. They're, they're very tasty. <laughs> Actually, that's what PETA stands for. You know that, right? People eating tasty animals. <laughs> okay. PETA. Um, but the point is that animal life and human life is different. Yeah. Now, well, animals and humans have some of the same characteristics. But human beings are the only creature that God had made in his own image. So right. that's premise number one. And and the, the Bible is clear, thou shalt not murder. So this premise is absolutely critical when we're talking about birth control because are there forms of birth control that do indeed violate this premise? Yep. That, that okay. they treat human life as not sacred because it destroys human life. But you, you've got to be operating in this discussion from that just first most basic truth. Human life is sacred yeah. because God created us in his image. And so when we're talking about birth control, there's basically two different kinds. There's kinds that that either are going to prevent the egg from being fertilized. And so a human life is not yet created. Yeah. And then there's kinds that prevent that fertilized egg from implanting or can actually destroy the fertilized egg. And in that case, that's going to violate this first premise, right? Those are what are called abortifacient. Yeah. And and those that – because they cause an abortion because any time a fertilized egg is destroyed, that is um, a violation of that first premise. Yeah. And that is, of course – I mean, none of that would even matter if we didn't believe that Life begins at conception. Right. And we certainly do right. believe that life begins at conception. It's the only logical place for us to say that life begins. You know, you got some of the pro-abortion people that will say, you know, life begins at birth mm-hmm. or life begins at when when the brain function is at a certain level. Mm-hmm. You know, so all of all of that is just a subjective and and. and there's really no solid from all of that, even like from birth. I mean, you say, well, that's not a subjective. That's an objective time period that takes place. But you're you're trying to have me believe that five seconds before birth, it's not alive. Like, right. That's ridiculous. And a right? child at the same age that's born early, do, well, yeah, do exactly. they uh, are they of less value because they were born sure. early? Because the the time of birth wasn't they weren't developed for forty full weeks yeah. like in in a yeah. typical birth. But that does lead to the second premise, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unborn humans are loved by God from. 
conception. Yeah. So we believe that life begins at conception. Right. Again, I don't think there's any other logical place where you could say this is when life begins. This is when a unique organism comes to being, uh, except for conception, right? Right. And but, even biblical. Bi- yeah, exactly. Biblically. I mean, because everything that we hopefully impart in our podcast is is based on biblical truth. Yeah, yeah. And so we see in the scripture uh, that God is the one in Jeremiah chapter 1, mm-hmm. verse 5. Mm-hmm. He says, Before I formed you, I knew you. Mm. And before you were born, I consecrated you, or I set you apart as a prophet to the nations. Yeah. So Jeremiah was known by God. Mm-hmm. And, of course, this scripture implies and says very, very specifically that God is the one that formed him before I formed you. So who formed him? God did. I knew you. So this even speaks of, and we're not going to go here, uh, I don't think per se, but this speaks of the knowledge of God before he was even conceived. It's like God yeah. knew him before yeah. he was even conceived. Yeah. And we can get into a lot of I mean, theological depth as it, as it concerns that. Of course, God knows the end from the beginning. God knows every life that comes to pass, and God certainly knew Jeremiah. Um, but we do believe that human life is precious. That's like the basic premise of being pro-life mm-hmm. or you know being against abortion. It's wrong because life begins at conception, and between conception and birth, there's life there. As a yeah. society, we've said that life doesn't have value, but God's Word says that it does. Yeah. When I was looking through this, I, I don't think I had ever really noticed this, but in Luke one fifteen. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit while yet in his mother's womb. Yeah. That really struck me. I mean, talk about the value that God has placed on the unborn child. He has already filled that that unborn child with the Holy Spirit. Yeah. So I think there's really no doubt biblically that from conception that child is loved by God, known by God, created by God, and therefore valued by God from yeah. from that moment of conception. Yeah, absolutely. And so just kind of moving along, our third premise is mm-hmm. we are called to protect human life mm-hmm. from the moment of conception. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so that's why we stand in front of, a, of an abortion center. Yep. That's why we are calling out to the moms to come over and receive literature and help. That's why we're pleading with them mm-hmm. not to go in that place. Mm-hmm. Not because we think that what goes on there is just a, a, a bad idea or just a bad medical procedure. I mean, certainly those places are not safe, right. um, but it's more than just a medical procedure that takes place. A human life is destroyed, and we are called to protect human life. Right. Lots of verses that that, that tell us that. One of the, the – when again, when I was looking through researching this article – Again, I had never really noticed this, but in in the verse where it talks about how um, the angel speaks to Mary, says that she has um, conceived through the Holy Spirit. And then it says right after she hurries to her cousin Elizabeth. So this is presumably immediately after the conception of Jesus, of, yeah. of, of the baby in her womb. And as she hurries immediately, so this is a newly conceived baby in her womb, right? Unless yeah. I'm misreading. No. Yeah, and and the, the baby in Elizabeth's womb leaps for joy. So there's there's two babies here, one who is leaping for joy in the womb, which is very telling, but recognizing already the um, the specialness of 
that other baby in the womb who is newly conceived. And to me, I think that's a, an argument for, um, again, that from conception, that that child is is um, honored and, and loved and valued by God. Yeah, yeah, so. absolutely. And I, just to piggyback on that, mm-hmm. if you're looking at those terms in the Greek, you look at in Luke chapter 1 especially, mm-hmm. um, where it talks about the baby leapt in her womb, mm-hmm. in Luke chapter 1 talking about, about uh, John the Baptist, the word yeah. there is brephos. Right. So that's a Greek word referring to an infant. So yeah. later on, when it talks about Mary holding Jesus after Jesus is born, that yeah. same word is used, yeah. brephos. It's the same, same word. So biblically, by the Holy Spirit, Luke is recording the baby in the womb is brephos. Right. A baby, a life that's conceived, yeah, and then the baby outside of the womb, referring to Jesus, is brephos, yeah, an infant, yeah, and words matter, they do, and, and certainly to God and the words that He chooses and or inspires the yeah. writers of the Bible. Yeah, I mean, to there choose. there were likely words available, mm-hmm. and it's kind of like you know nowadays we we refer to a baby in the womb as a fetus right. medically, right. and then an infant is mm-hmm. after it's born, but. Generally, we just refer to it as a baby, right? Mm-hmm. It's a general term that we use. If it's pregnant. wanted, that's what we refer to yeah, it as for yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there were certainly words they could have used in Greek that would have been different than brephos, but yeah. they chose that because it's the same. A baby inside the womb is the same as a baby outside the womb, except right. for a few different things that are going on there, right, yeah. in, in the development of that child. But yeah. as far as value, yeah. as far as personhood, it's the same. Yeah. We believe that. Yeah. So we've kind of built a case up to this point that, okay, the the baby is a baby, is a human being from the moment of conception, is valued from the moment of, of conception, and is worthy of our protection yeah. from the yeah. moment of conception. And that all leads kind of to the fourth premise where we be, we begin to really discuss then, well, so what about birth control? What yeah. should be our concerns with birth yeah. control? Yeah. So premise number four mm-hmm. is if we know birth control methods or abortifacient. Mm-hmm. We should not use them. Right. Yeah. And acknowledging like we did at the beginning of this podcast that there's some ambiguity there. There's some birth control methods that some doctors say could be and some doctors are saying they aren't or right. probably aren't. Right. So we're going to talk around that a little bit. Yeah. And but hopefully the ambi- equip you guys to do your own research. The ambiguity is not that we should go ahead and use it if it's abortifacient. Yeah. There's no ambiguity biblically. If yeah. it is an abortifacient, if it kills a developing human being, then we've kind of laid the groundwork. We shouldn't use it. So yeah. it, it behooves every Christian to understand then, right? Yeah, absolutely. Which, which birth control methods are acknowledged as abortifacient and which I'm not sure I'm saying that right, by the way. It might be facient. I'm not sure. But um, which are and which are not. and and if if we love the Lord, we should try to abide by not using those that we can pretty conclusively say are abortifacient. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. full disclosure, I'll share a little bit of my story. Okay. Is that for a while, me and my wife, we did use birth control. We yeah. used uh, hormonal birth control right. for this was after we were Christians, after we were married. Yeah. Um, but, and really, just because it's it's like it's what you do. Right. Everybody just, does. The yeah, culture accepted it. it. No one culture. talks at all about it being possibly causing abortions. Yeah. You really have to dig to find that information. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so we used it, and mm-hmm. I just figured it's, it's what everybody does. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, as the Lord began to work on me a little more, 
Because if you think about it, the reasoning behind that is really unbiblical reasoning. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not going to... I'm not going to I – mean, this is probably for a whole other podcast. It could be a whole other podcast. But I'm curious about, what, what you came well, to. So the Bible lays out a very clear um, case mm-hmm. that children are a blessing. Right. That we should view children as a blessing. Mm-hmm. And this whole idea of, you know, two and no more, mm-hmm. right, two kids and no more, mm-hmm. this comes from the world. This comes from the world's view of children, that children are just a blessing or children are just a burden, burden and not a blessing, that they'll get in the way of you, you know, having your new house and your two new cars in the driveway and mom and dad able to go out on, right. you know, on the town or whatever. Right. And so the motivation for limiting our families a lot of times is a selfish one if mm-hmm. we examine it um Honestly, yeah. right? And it's not yeah. a biblical understanding of the blessing that children are. The Bible says in Psalm 127, children are a blessing from the Lord. Yeah. In the Hebrew mindset, it was a blessing to have children. Mm-hmm. You would be cursed. You, you think about Rachel who who cried out to Jacob and said, give me children or I die. Yeah. Like she wanted to have children. She wanted now. She was so women, desperate. She went through her servant, her maid servant, right, to to have children at first. Yeah. Was that someone else? It might yeah, have been no, one no, of the they, other patriarchs. But yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, children are to be received as a blessing. It would mm-hmm. be received as a curse. Now, I don't mean to say that people that can't have children are cursed. I'm not. I don't exactly agree with that. But biblically, if you didn't have children, there was something wrong, yeah. right? Nowadays. If you have too many children, according to, say, air quotes, too many children, according to the eyes of the world, uh, somehow you're weird and you're strange, which is a complete contradiction and kind of turning things upside down, according to what the Bible's motivation is. Children are a blessing. We've got eight kids. I remember back whenever we had four, people would look at us funny and think, don't you know? And they would always say, don't you know what causes that? It's like, yeah, I know what causes that. I've never heard that one before. (laughs) So... um, I think this understanding, this biblical understanding, ultimately is what got a hold of me. And then I dug a little deeper in the birth control stuff and just discovered that some of the hormonal birth control um, actually could potentially be abortifacient. Right. Right. It could be yeah. taking babies who are conceived and, and causing them to to be flushed out of my wife's body and, yeah. and, and to be ultimately killed. Right. Yeah. And I remember repenting before the Lord for that. Mm-hmm. And it took some time before I realized what this birth control stuff could potentially do. Yeah. And so f- as for me and my house, we said, we're not using that stuff. Yeah. Because yeah. if even if it's possible, if it's even possible that a baby is being killed, then uh, I don't want to have any part in that. And so right. I think, guys, as we're going through this, you know, I don't want to come down heavy. I don't want to bring condemnation to people. I'm sharing what God did in my heart. Um, but also, listen, guys, we do need to be very careful about what we're involving ourselves in, the mentalities that we embrace and the stuff that we use, because I do believe that's what we need to be thinking in our minds as it concerns birth control. It's like, OK, as we're talking through in these different ones who may or may not right. destroy a fertilized egg, a child that is conceived. If we believe that life begins at conception mm-hmm. and there's something that oh, it may or it may not. I think when in doubt, you you stay away from that stuff. I would agree. You know? Err on the side of caution yeah. in, in that because to in it even inadvertently take a human life would be wrong. Yes, yeah. wrong yeah. before God. So we have a list which I a lot of people 
just want to know that. They have asked us which ones are okay, which ones are not. And like you said, and we, we do post the two articles that this these lists are based on yeah. on, on our um, uh, Sidewalks for Life and also where we post the podcast. But um, uh, in, in both articles, they are very honest that there is controversy. Yeah. They also point out that they tried recently to research this list and to find out was there a more definitive proof of whether they were abortifacient or not. And said in a decade, there's been very little definitive research, which is yeah. kind of strange. You would think they would want to answer that question. But again, we're in a pro-death culture, yeah. uh, a pro-abortion culture, and uh, it is not a burning issue yeah. in our society. Yeah, sadly. it's just kind of been accepted as normative. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And uh, hey, who's who's to say it kills a child or not? Who's to right. judge? And why should we dig any deeper into it? Right. Yeah. Because we're, like you said, we're in a pro-death culture. Yeah. And a culture that views children as only burdens rather than blessings. Right. Which yeah. Which is... A contradiction according to the word of God. So oral contraceptives, these are the abortifacients. So oral contraceptives, which are probably the most commonly used, yeah. birth control everywhere. So that, that would be birth control pills. And there are some that are considered clearly abortifacient and some that there's some question about. Yeah. So in either case... Uh, the birth control pills are iffy for yeah, a, yeah. a Christian to use if you're truly going to be trying to follow God's very clear and strict standard of the value of life. IUDs, both copper and hormonal. I don't know what a hormonal IUD is. I'm not sure I understand that. But um, it, the article said that both of those are abortifacient, and that one there's a lot of evidence. There's also evidence in all of these things, which so makes sense with God's commands are always protective. And in both birth control pills and in the IUD, there are risks and they're not insignificant to the mom. Stroke, blood clots with the IUD, actually with both of them, increased risk of um, ectopic pregnancy. So there's dangers with these these birth control methods. be the hormonal, all of really the hormonal birth control. So that would include the hormonal patches, hormonal shots, hormonal implants, hormonal vaginal rings. And I get this question a lot. Plan B. Yeah. Now, plan B. Someone just asked me, is plan B the abortion pill? No, it's not. But um, it is what's used after rape or after unprotected sex. I think it has to be used within 24 hours. Yeah. I'm not really sure about that, but it's the emergency contraceptive. Yeah. And there, they, again, there is some controversy over that, but um, some experts and some of the research does indicate that it could cause an abortion. Yeah. Yeah. And I want to kind of maybe give a little qualifier here. Okay. Because there is some ambiguity. Right. There is some, there's some research that says, yay, some that says nay. So. Mm-hmm. Just like you could say, could um, Plan B potentially kill a fertilized egg, kill a conceived child? Yes, it could. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean it always does. Right. In fact, the vast majority of time they feel it doesn't. Right. Yeah. In the same way, because from what I understand, you correct me if I'm wrong, but okay. it's basically just a bunch of birth control. Right. The, yeah. the Plan B is just a concentrated amount right. of birth control right. like yeah. in a big dose. Yeah. Um, but a one time 
right. dose or one or two time right. dose. Uh, and so in the same way with a, with birth control pills. Yeah. Like it, it could, it's possible that it could abort a conceived child, but it's not absolutely, absolutely always going to, or it, can you absolutely prove that it has? So, right. you know, for my situation that I shared, my wife took birth control for you know, a couple of years. Yeah. I have no idea whether or not there were conceived children right. that were ultimately aborted. I don't right. know. Right. Right. So I'm not going to bear a bunch of guilt for myself because I didn't know what I didn't know. But now right. that I do know, yeah. I'm just staying away from that. Yeah. I don't even want to, to touch it. Yeah. You know? And I think that's a really important point is in all these things, we're we're not the mom and dad of all of our listeners and we can't, yeah. we can't force them to, or nor do we want to force them to make a choice. That choice has to be between you and God. Um, but we're just giving the evidence as, as we know it. And yeah. we strongly recommend that people research for themselves and really get before the Lord yeah, and where he would, he would convict them. There are non-abortifacient methods of birth control. Those would definitely be the preferred um, method. So that that would include male and female condoms, vaginal sponge, spermicide. Those are all non-abortifacient. Um, so they're they're the, they're called the barrier methods, like you know cervical cap, diaphragm, sterilization. I yep. mean, if a, a lot of people have a lot of strong feelings about whether that is um, biblical or not, sure. But um, but there's that is that does prevent um, a, a fertilized egg from ever or the egg from ever getting fertilized. Yes, I mean that would be so. yeah. There's a whole other conversation around that, right. of course. Right. But yeah, I mean, there's there's no fertilization taking place because you've been sterilized. Right. right. And then uh, you know, natural family. Planning so fertility awareness methods. Yeah. Uh, the Catholics certainly teach that method of of family planning. Yeah. So those are all um, those would all be acceptable as a birth control if you are sold that birth control is is acceptable yeah. in and of itself. Yeah, and so that's kind of that was premise number four. Mm-hmm. Uh, premise number five: birth control does not prevent abortion. And has risk. So there's this mentality yeah. that, yeah. you know, as a society, birth control is good. I've actually even had some folks who have come across my radar mm-hmm. who want to get involved, who want to get trained to do um, sidewalk counseling and things like that. And on some of the forms, we ask questions like, what's your view of birth control? We just want to see where people are at. Right. right. Yeah. And a lot of people are saying, I've seen quite a few people respond with, well, birth control is good because right. it lowers abortion. Yeah. And so that's a good thing. Right. Yeah. Because people who like sinners are going to sin. And we understand that. Like, yeah. People are going to have sex outside of marriage. Right. And if they're going to, it's better that they use birth control rather than they go and abort their children that are conceived in, you know, in their sin. Um, but. For what you have here, you're saying that it doesn't prevent abortion. Right. And of well, course, there are risks. And that surprised me. But the the website, studentsforlife.org, and then slash contraception, and I th- we link that in the article, it cites research that shows that 9% of women who use birth control get pregnant anyway, and a whopping 51% of abortion pac- patients were using birth control when they got pregnant. So it it shows this is not an effective tool to prevent abortion, which was is always what you hear from the so-called pro-choice crowd. Yeah. They, you know, why are you against birth control? You hate abortion. This prevents abortion. Well, the research shows, first of all, 51% of the women who are coming for an abortion were using birth control in the month that they came for the abortion. But the second thing is 
not only does it not prevent abortion, but birth control may, in fact, be an abortion at times. Yeah. So um, it and like I had already mentioned, it, it also has it comes with its own risks. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. We won't get into all of those. Right. I think if nothing else, guys, this podcast should spur you guys to do your own research. Right. Uh, we're going to give you I've already shared with you kind of the conclusion that our family has come to. And so we've given you that, but you need to get before the Lord. You need to do the research yourself. It's helpful to be informed of these things when you're out on the sidewalk and you're ministering to people that are coming to have birth control. It's good to have some of these facts. It's good to know some of this stuff. And ultimately, it's good that we know before the Lord that we're doing the right thing, right? We want to honor God. That's far and above everything Mm -hmm. that we want to honor the Lord. So if we're doing things, if we're embracing mentalities, that dishonor the Lord and they're just mm-hmm. not biblical mentalities as far as like our view of children and that sort of mm-hmm. thing. We need to repent. Yeah. And we need to ask the Lord to change our hearts in those yeah. areas. Yeah. And which kind of leads to that. I think it's our last premise, premise yeah. our, our sixth premise. Yeah. Birth control masks the true issue of rebellion from God. Yeah. So much of the freedom to have sex outside of marriage is because of birth control. Yeah. It it does make it easier to rebel against God in the issue of sexual purity. Yeah. I mean, you think about it, we're a pill-popping society. Mm-hmm. We got a pill for everything, right? Mm-hmm. Everything that we do, we've got some kind of pill that can make it all better. Mm-hmm. And uh, obviously, that's not, the, that's not the will of God, right? Right, yeah. Um, again, children are a blessing. Yeah. And when there's no... I don't know how else to say this, but there's no consequences. We can pop a pill to get rid of the consequences of anything that we do or to shield us from consequences. Right. And sex outside of marriage, the consequence sometimes can be that you get pregnant. Right. And there's a child that you have to be responsible for. Yeah. Take away that consequence. And it's like this whole free love movement and the yeah. birth control movement have really have coincided with one another. Yeah. And uh, you know, the birth control movement gave... Uh, Fuel to the fire for the free love movement and, mm-hmm. and all the other mm-hmm. junk that came with that. Mm-hmm. And then ultimately for abortion. Yeah. Because when birth control fails, abortion becomes the final birth control. Yeah. It, it prevents the, the birth of that child. But so, yeah, with, with birth control came the sexual revolution. And but, you know, and it, it brought so many in the, the eyes of the world, so many benefits for women, and yet look at what it also brought. Um, increased number of teens being sexually active, and most people would agree, that's really not a good thing yeah. on so many levels. Yeah. Increased pregnancy out of wedlock, the onslaught of STDs. Those were basically non-existent before this sex, well, that's not quite true. There was syphilis before the big sexual revolution, but, but now there's a whole host of new uh, sexually transmitted diseases. Um, and, and so it went from, we went from the thought of birth control liberating women to abortion being a valid choice and to really what God says about sexual Purity outside of marriage is old-fashioned, yeah. and we don't need to abide by those in in a modern society right, yeah. with all these ways of taking care, taking of, care the of the bad, the problems. Yeah, that, that's right. Yeah. So, um, and an, another thing that I f- I thought this was really interesting. I got a few statistics that really again shocked me as as I read this in 1900. 
6% of unmarried women were sexually active. In 1999, that increased to 75%. Wow. And this is, you know, outside of marriage. 70, that's staggering. Yeah. That's yes. really disturbing. And even more disturbing is um, rather than reducing the extramarital pregnancy rate, which is what this birth control was supposed to do, it actually has increased. Uh, so, and the, the statistic that they cite is that the share of all pregnancy outside of marriage has increased from 2% in the 1920s to 33% in the 1999. So birth control has not decreased extramarital pregnancy. It has increased it, Yeah, which yeah. makes sense. Everybody is now, 75% of unmarried people are engaged in sexual activity outside of marriage. Yeah, yeah. So all these numbers just help us to understand kind of the floodgate being opened up. Right. With this whole sexual revolution, again, yeah. the, these, the sexual revolution and the birth control movement coincide with one another. We're not going to get in-depth as far as the uh, Margaret Sanger and the birth control league and all that stuff. Right. Yeah. Um, just really wanted to equip you guys and spur you guys to think more biblically about this. Think more mm -hmm. biblically about children, mm -hmm. you know, the value of children, but also um, birth control just in general, the mindsets, but just practically the effect that it could potentially have mm -hmm. on ending the life of a baby. Um, so, again, that we have a biblical perspective on this, that we ourselves, to our lives, right? We have to, the Bible says, remove the log from your eye so that you can help your brother remove the speck from his eye. Mm -hmm. So if we're going along and we're talking about how evil it is for people to view children as property, and yet we ourselves are embracing this birth control mindset where children are really in our minds just a burden and we're willing to take pills that are potentially going to end the life of a baby in the womb ourselves. We yeah. really got to get the log out of our own eye first. We got to examine our hearts before God first, and then we can help others right. uh, see clearly yeah. to get the speck out of their eye. Yeah. Amen. And so just encouraging you guys, again, to think about this biblically. Maybe you've got some pushback on this. Maybe you've got a different perspective than we do. We certainly would love to hear your perspective. You can reach out to me, Daniel, at lovelife.org. You can reach her at Vicky at lovelife.org. This is, again, not intended to bring guilt and condemnation and all that, but just to spur you guys to love and good works, right? It was to mm -hmm. spur you guys to think biblically. So if you've got questions about this, if you've got things to add, um, maybe, I don't know, maybe there's an expert about birth control out there that could give us some better perspective or mm -hmm. something like that. We would certainly love to bring them on, whatever that looks like, bringing them on Zoom or coming here to the office and recording. Yeah. If you know somebody like that, reach out to us. Let us know. Uh, but we hope this has been an encouragement to you guys. We hope this has been a challenge to you guys. And uh, with that, we will wrap this thing up. So... Um, God bless you guys, and we'll talk to you later. Give me an outlet for love. Give me an outlet for gratitude. I know it will cost me my life. But nothing's too precious since I met you.